Next on BYU Sports Nation, ranking the rivals. Where does St. Mary's fit in your BYU rivalry rundown? Former Cougar Hoopster Chris Miles is in studio, plus are going for two picks as well. Why I have a bone to pick with Stephen Bayo. Yes, Stephen, plus assistant coach Jalen Reyes of third-ranked BYU men's volleyball. Why I am 100% overlooking tonight's opponent. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Yes, the party's here on the west side. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, February 17th. Friday! Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Michael Jordan's birthday chronicle man, Jerem Jordan. So my means of information as a child for the NBA were cards. The back of basketball cards. Yeah, so I'd go to the gas station and buy the cards. I still have all those cards to this day that I had as a kid. I remember when I was trying to collect like an entire series, and like you'd need like three or four cards, and it would be like the most random people like, yes, I got a John Concat card! I need Vern Fleming of the Pacers, (laughs) Kevin Willis of the Hawks, and Detlef Shrimp of the Sonics. It's Tree like, Rollins! It's like, yes! <laughs> yeah, nice Danny Ainge connection there. <laughs> that was the thing. Absolutely. Well, I, I was going to get a Charles Oakley card, but they took it out of the gas station, unbeknownst to me, which was totally weird. Anyway. So, so, so with... Oh, go ahead. No, no. Elementary years? Yeah. Card so, collecting. So I only knew one dude's birthday from the back of the card, and it was MJ. It Michael was Uncle Jordan. Mike. Michael He's Uncle Jordan. Mike in my family. There you, you go. Know? February 17th, 1963. Then we collected all of those series and started to pay attention to Jerem's next passion, which, of course, is movies. By the way, so we have kind of taken on this first three minutes of the show discussing movies, especially in the recent past. Which a lot of people love, if you read the IMDb (laughs) page. Our movie review segment might not hit with everyone out there, but lately we have been passionate about the Rocky series. Also, the Lego movie versus the Lego Batman movie debate. Uh-huh. And today, to honor the 21st anniversary of the all-time cult classic. One of the greatest golf movies of all time. Happy Gilmore. We have this debate. What is the greatest Adam Sandler movie? Is it, it Happy Gilmore? It's between Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison to me. But since then, Adam Sandler has been horrendous. Like He's like a, he's like a Yankee baseball player. Maybe really good when they signed them. But after that, not so much. Wow, harsh critique from the movie review guy. Yeah, El- Elliot, one of our students, is a big Yankees fan. He's not working today, so it's okay. So you, you go Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. Okay, what about one of those two? Yeah. What about the Wedding Singer? Good, but not like the old, soundtrack old-timer. is amazing, right? I thought we were talking about the movie, not the soundtrack. I know, but that plays into it. Billy Idol is on Soundtra- a plane. You date yourself when you talk about soundtracks. That's not a thing that we discuss now. You know what I mean? Sure it is. I don't care. I'll date myself all I want. Did you, did you hear the Lego Batman soundtrack? We don't tell you. Yeah. W- which movie is yours? Oh, it, it's a toss-up between Happy Gilmore and, and The Wedding Singer for me. Okay. Yeah. I really like The Wedding Singer. There are several laugh-out-loud moments in that movie. Track seven of that soundtrack? That's the one that put it over the top. You're so fired. <laughs> you can't fire me. <laughs> I'm, bat- I'm Batman. What about the Water Boy? 51st dates, Pretty good. Man. Pretty good. Yeah, really good. Really good. 
Click. You cried in Click, Jerem. I don't think I've seen Click. So. <laughs> in fact, I started watching it and then I clicked. Yeah. What's the greatest? It's hard. It's hard to beat Happy Gilmore. Like there, there are several scenes in that. Like I can see a when, gif of that movie when, and just start laughing. When like, BYU TV was rec- created in about 2000, 2001, the um, f- the idea behind it was that we would just discuss Adam Sandler movies. So yes. today we have fulfilled that on All February right. 17, right. 2017. 17, awesome, right? Finally! What does Ty Detmer think uh, Adam Sandler's best movie is, Jerem? <laughs> Adam, Adam Sandler's best film is any movie with Chuck Norris in it. <laughs> Jamal Parker, <laughs> Texas Ranger. So good. His favorite TV show. Bro. Hey, enough of that. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Men's basketball beat, nay, overlooked San Diego by winning 82-70 last night, led by a red-hot Nick Emery. Last go-around, they want to have him for the West Coast Conference Tournament. As Emery tees up another one. And he is come out on fire here tonight. Nick Emery led the Cougars with 26 points, hitting his first five three-pointers, played solid defense. The Cougars went eight minutes of game time without missing a shot. They made 13 straight shots in the Woo! first half. That was unbelievable. They host St. Mary's, 22nd-ranked team in the country, Saturday at 10 Eastern on ESPN2, BYU Radio, and the BYU Radio app. Last night's Overlooking win also prompted a Twitter question and a poll last night, Jerry. Yeah, BYU Sports Nation sent this out after the game, and it said, based off of the last two BYU Hoops performances, what level of confidence do you have going into the St. Mary's game two uh, game? 65% say still worried BYU will lose. 31% Marriott Center will give BYU the edge. 4% BYU will win by 17 points. Now, what's interesting about that 31% plus. number, 31% is the exact number that Ken Pomeroy is giving BYU to win the game. How about that? Well, well, well. BYU Sports Kenneth. Nation, according to this Twitter poll, mm. agreeing with the stats guru, Ken Pomeroy. 31% chance for BYU to win on their home floor. Big game tomorrow. More on St. Mary's coming up. Hey, four Cougars scored double digits as the women's team beat San Diego. 65-47, the women's team will play at St. Mary's tomorrow for Eastern on BYU Radio. They're now a game behind Gonzaga. They were two because Gonzaga lost to San Francisco last night. There you night. go. Juddy so got what, what he needed. What this means is if BYU beats St. Mary's and Portland next week, it's BYU and Gonzaga women for the regular season championship next Saturday on BYU TV, man. Yes, what that means is BYU controls their own destiny down the stretch, Your right? density. Win the games that are in front of you, and BYU will have at least a share of the West Coast Conference regular season championship. I wish the men, we were having that same conversation. <sighs> yeah. Next. TBD. <laughs> Third-ranked BYU men's volleyball hosting UC San Diego tonight at the Smithfield House at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio and the apps. And, Jeremiah, I am 100% overlooking the Tritons, largely due to our stat of the day. Yeah. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This one's a Ned Ryerson. It's a doozy. BYU's 40-0 all-time versus UC San Diego. Really? <laughs> 40-0, 20-0 at home. UC San Diego is better this year, but this is a situation where BYU should win tonight and tomorrow. But uh, you can watch it tonight, 9 Eastern time, on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. It's been a while since BYU dropped a set to this team. 
Not just, I mean, a ma- they've never lost a match. 2012. They've I was lost a set since a 2012. Man, and this show didn't exist. Uh, in 20, You didn't work here in uh, 2012. Yeah, about hey. to be 42-0 and after this weekend. Mark yeah. it down. And the Batcats, the baseball team, opens the season today. Hey, baseball! Baseball's back! What's up? At number 21, Georgia Tech. They're uh, good engineers, you know? Are they good baseball players? Apparently, they're ranked. At 4 Eastern. You can watch that, by the way, on the Watch ESPN app. Do it. Maverick Buffo will get the start on the mound for the Cougars. In game one, BYU plays Kennesaw State tomorrow. Hey, wreck the wreck, then take care of Kennesaw. Oh, nice. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The bitter rival. Rivalries are a huge part of what makes sports great. The circle, the calendar, chip on the shoulder, we don't like those guys type games. Generally, it takes a while to build that animosity, right, and that rivalry history. Such is not the case when you look at BYU basketball and the Gales of St. Mary's. In six short years of WCC play, the Gales and Cougars have produced some unforgettable rivalry moments with the launching point being the Dell of a Dagger, Jerem. That was the moment St. Mary's and BYU became a rivalry because there was a lot of angst over that moment. And it was in Provo. And it was Dell of a Dova, the most annoying opponent BYU's ever played. The 2012-2013 season yeah. produced the Dell of a Dagger. That was and the moment. Then Boom. it just goes from there. Okay, that, was the, that was the big bang moment of St. Mary's BYU. The next season... The Brad Waldo mouthpiece incident. <laughs> that yeah, you, a rival. You're right. A rivalry. You need annoying, hateful, dislikeful moments yes. to create them. Yes. You know who's not a huge rival? Gonzaga, because they win in Vegas every year. They're a rival, but you, I don't hate Gonzaga. I don't dislike Gonzaga. I'm actually respectful of Gonzaga. Gonzaga fans are a little bit. Weirded out and bothered by BYU because the Cougars have won up there in Spokane two years in a row. So they're not a threat to win but, the conference championship. No, but but I don't know that there is like disdain yeah. for BYU yeah. between BYU and Gonzaga. Like lingering. I mean, in the moment when you're playing, yeah, it's on. But I mean, throughout the like in the off season when you say St. Mary's, I go, oh man, those guys. I don't go Spencer face, St. Mary's face, but I'm close, dude. See, not many rivalries can produce that type of <laughs> true. You don't do that for Utah. Horrific State. imagery. Boise State is a rival. They're in, they're in, you know in the same sphere, I guess, in college football as BYU. Boise State's a better program than BYU football at this point, having gone to New Year's Six and BCS games. But those, yeah, that's a rivalry. But I don't hate or dislike Boise State. I know there are fans that live uh, around there that are BYU or Boise State fans, and that's annoying or whatever. But St. Mary's is different. Holy cow. I, Eric Mika takes an elbow. Let's raise it it's, up a little bit more. Okay. Uh, Eric Mika, Mika makes a few gestures that got some St. Mary's fans annoyed when he was there. Like, it's not just St. Mary's doing it his, to BYU. His sign language? Sign language <laughs> is what we'll call it. And then there's spoiling Matthew Delavadova's retirement in Moraga. BYU erased a double-digit lead. That prompted the Eric Mika sign language. Hey, he pulled a Reggie. He pulled a Reggie. You know. Oh man! Yeah. It all it makes the rivalry beautiful. It has quickly filled the quota of what goes in to establishing a rivalry. I love it. 
BYU and St. Mary's. Meaningful, emotional, sometimes bitter results. But just how much of a rival is St. Mary's? Let's ask the people. Where does St. Mary's rank in your BYU sports rivalry hierarchy? Obviously, Utah should be one, okay? That goes without saying, but I had to say it, I guess. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Broyal Blue Kook, above Gonzaga and San Diego State, below Utah and Della Vadova. Oh. You might metaphorically go to lunch with Wyoming from the 90s. <laughs> well That's cogitated a good, tweet. That was a really good answer. Well cogitated tweet. Let's throw out some more of these rivals in the world of BYU Sports Nation. Because you have your A-list and then your B-list, okay. right? Okay. The A-list at the top understandably, is Utah. Okay, besides them, obviously, yes, Utah forever. For me, right after the Utes, St. Mary's has worked They're number two themselves for you. into that list. Wow. More so than Boise State, than Utah State, Utah's San Diego Utah State. Utah State's little brother. Not a threat. They'll get you every now and then, but in the long run, they're not really going to take over. Is that what BYU is to Gonzaga? It's not is that, that the mentality that Gonzaga that has degree, for BYU? No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not that dis- – there's not that much uh, – I've seen New Mexico uh, yeah. and UNLV and Wyoming, as you mentioned, thrown out there via the Twitter machine. Those were conference rivals. But where yeah, – UNLV is more similar to St. Mary's than you'd think. Where do you put St. Mary's? You relegated Spuddy Buddy back there – because of the Boise State rivalry with yeah. BYU and football. Now, does, More does out of Saint, annoyance and less disdain. Okay, so does St. Mary's evoke that type of emotion? St. Mary's is disdain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking about this, too. I thought, where does St. Mary's fit in the hier- hierarchy for me? I put him number two as well. Yeah, let's hey, go, man. The, Del- the, the dislike there, the annoyance, the small gym. Yes. Uh, yes. No. Like, you know it's a rivalry when you get annoyed by things that shouldn't matter. Like I'm like, Randy Bennett's suit, why does that bother me? Like, it t- shouldn't bother me. It bothers me. <laughs> His drapey suit. <laughs> like, it's too big and it's buttoned up during the game. Like, loosen uh, your suit or whatever, you know? Like, he's a good coach. And that's and what they're a good program. factors into the rivalry. They're a good team yes. coached by a good coach. Here's, here's the heart of this to me. BYU fans don't want to admit that St. Mary's is equal or better as a basketball program. So it's like, why are those guys equal to or better? Gonzaga we can take. We go, oh, okay, yeah. They've been there forever. They go to the tourney. Mark Few, those guys are legit. We'll get them every now and then. We don't get them in Vegas. That's their tournament. But St. Mary's, we go, we refuse to admit they're really good. By the way, we won't use the word hate, right? Because it's too strong. I think we already have. But we can defer to loathing, disdain, scorn. We, we let Max Hall. <laughs> Strong dislike, despisal, absolute disgust. Just not hate, okay? We've got to draw the line somewhere. Can we all agree on that? I think it was the mediocre band, the Plain White Tees, who said, hate is, a, hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you. <laughs> oh, Where does St. Mary's rank in your BYU sports rivalry Hierarchy. Is it a hierarchy or a hierarchy? Uh, Maybe both work. Hierarchy. A hi- hierarchy. <laughs> there you go. Hier- hierarchy. At BYU LASF Jazz tweets in, I think this calls for a stat of the day. Dot, dot, dot. Nobody likes Jock Landale. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a stat? By the way, Jock Landale, very good He's big man really for St. Mary's. Yeah. Is he as good as Eric Mika? You know, there's the BYU bias, right? Ooh.
Coming up, another BYU big man, Chris Miles, in studio as an analyst. Why was last night's game against San Diego the most exciting he's seen from BYU this season? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation jumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. You know the drill. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you send in your tweets. Men's Hoops plays 22nd ranked St. Mary's tomorrow, 10 Eastern time on ESPN2, BYU Radio, and the BYU Radio app. It is senior night. Kyle Davis and LJ Rose will be honored, but unfortunately they won't be playing in the game. A weird situation. Hopefully BYU can get those dudes a dub. Which has hurt BYU this year, not having that senior experience on the floor, right? Kyle Davis and now LJ Rose. They start three sophomores and two freshmen. Wait, what? When did this start happening? I know, right? It's crazy. Huh? Our Twitter question today, and we just had this conversation during the break. St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference is what UNLV basketball was to BYU in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, I, yeah. I made that point a yeah. couple of days ago. You reiterated that I didn't that remember as well. it and brought it up originally. It's just an <laughs> amazing thought. Yes, Yes, on the same I'd page. How about that? But the rivalry is real. Where does St. Mary's rank now in your BYU sports rivalry hierarchy? Did I say that right, Jerem? Say it however you want. Okay. It's, it's Trump's America. Okay. At Coogs Rock says, I must admit, I didn't care about the school until the shot by Della the Dagger. I'm tell- Has- I'm hashtag Surrender Cobra. I'm telling you, that's the moment. The re- rivalry was born. And if you don't know what Surrender Cobra is, by the way, BYU Sports Nation, it's when something happens in the moment and you raise your hands and put them on your head like, what just happened? Okay? That is what that's all about. And absolutely, there were 19,000 people at least that were Surrender Cobra in that moment. Yeah. That was nuts! I don't want to break down that moment. Oh. Joining us now, as promised... BYU big man extraordinaire and now BYU TV basketball analyst Chris Miles. Chris, let's uh, ask you the question. Where does St. Mary's rank now in the hierarchy of BYU sports rivalries? I think it's uh I think it's number 2. That's what we said. And I would say and I and I would say that includes all Ma- Mountain West Conference play. Wow, isn't that weird? It's only been 6 years with St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference, but they have like elevated themselves in this rivalry well, status. Why number two? Because BYU hasn't won the conference. And so it's salt in the wound. It just hurts more. It's more agitating. It's more irritating. If we're winning the conference or if we've won a couple of times, I think we say, we don't care so much about these guys. And we can go back to hating UNLV or whoever. And I'll, I mean, I played. And so, you know, I guess I can say it, right? Yeah. You know? yes. And those like, feelings are kind of dormant you're, for the fans now. You're right? allowed to have, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because it's in the past, right? And we're always looking to the future. Um, but because our history in the West Coast Conference is so recent and it's in all of our minds, yeah, I would say it's up there. It hurts. Yeah. And it's more than Boise State football. And it's yeah. more than I call. I said what everyone thinks. Little brother, Utah State, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gonzaga wins the West Coast Conference. It feels like eighty, ninety percent of the time, right? Not. But, but when yeah. they don't, it's been St. Mary's. Yes, there's only been one team since Mark Few came into the league that won the tournament besides St. Mary's and Gonzaga, and it was San Diego one year. One stinking year. It's not even BYU at this point. But St. Mary's comes in town tomorrow. But before we do that, let's talk about last night. Yes, and speaking of San Diego. You, you really liked the way BYU played last night. Absolutely. What did you, what did you really like about it? 
Um, I have to say, last night was my favorite game of the entire season, which might be a shocker because mm. by, the, by the scoreboard, um, by little things that happened during the game, I think all of us were like, should we get excited? No, we shouldn't. Should we get excited? No, we shouldn't. You know, I think that's how a lot of us felt. But I saw glimpses of perfection last night. I saw glimpses of basketball that I love, that I'm passionate about. And so I was ready to get in the guy's face and scream. If, if I'm a coach on that coaching staff, I'm screaming nothing but positivity to reinforce good behavior from last night's game because they were making extra passes. When they double-team Eric inside, he's making smart plays. He was unselfish. It's a tough balance for a guy who's averaging 20 points a game. Do I chase my own greatness or do I make this team the best that I can make him? That's a very hard balance. He did a phenomenal job. He's been doing a great job, and his other guys are playing better. He's, he's doing an, uh, an even better job of trusting them. Yeah, noteworthy. Eric Mika had a bad game, right? He finished with 14 points and 10 rebounds. He was 3 for 13 from the field, and I thought, that might be his worst game of the season, and he still had a double-double because but, he got to the strike. But other guys stepped up, and let's start on the defensive side of the ball. What did you see specifically from BYU's defense that got you amped up like you're talking about? <laughs> I, saw, I saw streaks of greatness where there's a very strong correlation. We're playing man-to-man defense, okay. and, um, and we go on a streak. We stop them from scoring. We're like Gandalf. You shall not pass. We're not going to let you score. <laughs> <laughs> the gray or the white? Uh, I think he was the gray at that moment, okay. right? But yeah, the, but the whiteness gray. was within. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they did a, a good job at times in man-to-man defense. And last night, the reason that I like this game so much is because it gave me a perspective about, about Dave Rose that, like, I see into his future because of this game. That might sound strange, but I think what I've worried about and I think what a lot of people have worried about is – is Dave Rose able to get every team that plays for him to buy in? And we all question that with this team because they're young and they're not buying in. They're not, they're not playing traditional, make extra passes. And last night I saw they're getting it. They're finally starting to understand. And they're a young team, so we give them that time that they need. But last night when they were playing that type of basketball, huge runs. Huge streaks. They're only going to get better at it. They need to pick up on nuances defensively. A uh, couple, couple possessions where it's like, man, are the refs being ticky-tacky? No. they got to turn their hand around. You can't put the, the palm of your hand on a guy. you got to turn your hand around. The backside of your hand, legally, you can touch them. they got to pick up on some of those little nuances, and it's going to make them completely a different team. St. Mary's is in here tomorrow. Uh, what do you think BYU needs to do to win that game against a team that's only lost three times all year? Yeah, they got to do what it takes to win. That's obviously the easiest thing to say, but it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, just like last night, they, they, they kind of figured out and were patient a little bit offensively. What's going to be the weakness of this team? What I like so much about the game last night is BYU's kind of been this little puppy, but because of the potential of this puppy – we're, we're judging it like it's the size of dog that it really is. Some, some little puppies uh, for their species are huge dogs, right? And that's what we expect of this BYU team. They're like a little puppy. Last Jonathan Tavernari made the same comparison. Did to he? A puppy, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He, went to the, he graduated from the business school here, right? <laughs> Sharp guy. Um, but that's exactly what they are. And last night I saw them kind of experiment and say, what am I? You know, how good am I really going to be? I, can, I don't have to just fight and scrap anymore. I can kind of test to see what type of, of puppy I am. And that's what I saw from this team. And that's what made me so excited is they're finally starting to buy in. Um, I think that, that last night shows just how intelligent and how smart and how, 
how talented at coaching Dave Rose is. What kind of coach can get a team in a rebuilding year to like the 25-win kind of caliber? Dave Rose can. Pretty right? crazy, right? A win tomorrow would be 20. Yeah, and, and they have that potential. They could, they could creep up on 25 wins this season, um, and this is a rebuilding year. With, with freshmen and sophomores, and, and virtually not much of a bench, not many guys on the bench who are showing, hey, I want to come in and I want to try and be better than the guy that was in before me. I don't see a lot of that on the bench. So for what Dave Rose is working with, this guy deserves 500 wins in this program. That's how I feel. Chris Miles with his former BYU Basketball Center and one of our analysts in Studio B talking about not just San Diego and the win for BYU last night, but looking ahead to St. Mary's, the 22nd-ranked team in the country, coming to Provo tomorrow. Nick Emery was kind of awoken from uh, an offensive slumber of sorts last night. He went nuts, made his first five three-pointers. What do you think we are going to see from Nick Emery in the coming games? Was, was that just kind of an aberration, or do you feel like that's what's going to be more consistently from him? I think it'll be more consistent. He doesn't have to shoot that kind of percentage to get the night started. What I want to see, and I think what everybody wants to see, and, and more so what everybody wants to feel, is when you are witnessing um, unselfish basketball, when you're, when you're witnessing selfless play, there's a contagiousness that just makes the ball go in. And last night, the shot selection was really good. We were making extra passes, and that's what makes me, again, so excited about last night's game is because that was different. In the past, when, when you saw those extra passes, it was kind of like a necessity. It wasn't so much intentional. So I got really excited because I see they're intentionally making these extra passes, and it's contagious, and it's going to contaminate this whole team, and it's going to start to affect the bench. And it's going to give the coaches, I mean, the coaches relentlessly have to have that hope and that drive and keep pushing the team to try and catch that vision. But you got to believe it affects the coaching staff as well. It, it just it penetrates everybody that's a part of the program. And so those little plays where someone's saying, I'm giving you this bucket. and You're going to give me credit for it, but I'm going to give it to you. And it just becomes contagious, unselfish play. The development of the youth has been nice as well. We forget Nick Emery's just a sophomore, right? Mika's a sophomore. Freshman Yoli Childs, 23 and 17 Saturday, he goes 12 and 8, had a little bit of foul trouble, so didn't play as much. But what have you seen from Yoli Childs this year? So here's what I think about Yoli um, as a player, as a whole. We kind of see a roadmap for where Nick is going to go. We kind of see a roadmap for where Eric's going to go as a player. He's got to make a decision, um, and he's always going to have a balance of do I keep dominating down low? When do I kick out? When do I be a team guy? When do I be a distributor? Most of the time, your center doesn't have to be a distributor, and Eric, has he's going to have to toy with that his whole career and find a balance. Yoli, we don't know what we have yet. Okay, he's the puppy of the puppy. Okay, okay, and so and he's a big puppy. He's a big puppy. <laughs> he could be a guy that becomes so good down low that Eric becomes the four over the next couple of years. Um, if if he doesn't serve a mission and if he stays, and we'll see, right? That's his decision. We'll see what happens there. So we don't know if we'll have him with that group. But if he is with that group, there's going to be times where they can create massive mismatch problems for the other team because he can post up. On the other hand, if he really works at his game and becomes a little bit more guard-oriented, this guy, this kid, is he a teenager? Yeah. He's a teenager. He was on that yellow bus last year. <laughs> 18 years young. He's playing like a grown man as a teenager. Um, this guy, in my opinion, because we don't know 
exactly what his potential is. It's kind of off the charts. He could become the X factor for this team. He could become the guy that is a huge difference maker in the ultimate potential of this group. Chris Miles with us in Studio B. All right, what's going to happen tomorrow? How do you see the game with St. Mary's playing out in the Marriott Center? We're going to win. BYU will win. We're going to win this game. Why? We're going to will to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you feel that way? Um, you know, I think, I think last night was a stepping stone. Okay, Do I think it's going to be easy? No. Do I think it's going to be hard fought? Yes. Is there a chance we can lose? Of course there is. But we're at home. These guys are gaining confidence as a team that can win at home against good opponents. That confidence is growing game by game. Um, and I, I see last night as a stepping stone to say, hey, this puppy's starting to figure out who he is. So I favor the Cougars. I want the Cougars to win tomorrow. I know we all want them to win, but I favor them to win tomorrow. I think they can do it. They're going to have to play a great game. They're going to have to learn a lot from their last game and from their last two games because there's a lot of improvements they need to make. If they can play man-to-man and if they can get the game at their pace where they're, they're scoring 70 or 80 or 90 points and not in the 50-60 point range, if they can, if they can get uh, St. Mary's uncomfortable, they can win this game absolutely. I feel like this is another one of those games where the first to 70 points – We'll, I was going to say we'll first to 65 maybe, yeah. St. Mary's plays, honestly. Yeah, yeah. May, and maybe it's that number. But, uh, yeah, there, there is that. I'll feel good about 70. That ideology. Yeah, if a team gets to 70. St. Mary's is like top 20 in the country. Like they'll probably less win. Less than 60 a game, man. They're really good defensively. Chris, great stuff. We appreciate you coming in on, uh, me, on a fabulous Friday. All right, where does St. Mary's rank in your BYU sports rivalry hierarchy Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN at Twiggy or Stone says behind all of the Utah schools. Wow, Utah State. Southern Utah? In West Coast Conference, they are behind the Zags. No way! The dagger and captain headband definitely elevate it. Captain headband. <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation are going for two results and picks for the St. Mary's Weekend Showdown. BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by Tucano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere you feel like indulging. We just spoke with Chris Miles, former BYU Basketball Center. Why was he so excited about, really... A boring game with a boring second half against San Diego last night. He said it was the most excited he's been all year mm. in regard to BYU basketball. You can find out why by downloading the podcast and the apps and listening to today's show. Speaking of, on BYU Radio tomorrow afternoon, 4 Eastern time, women's hoops is at St. Mary's. That's the big game for the Cougars. Only one back of the West Coast Conference lead now. And one ahead of St. Mary's one in that rundown. One ahead of St. Mary's. That's a rivalry in the women's as well. Uh, check it out tomorrow on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app at 4 Eastern, BYU at St. Mary's. They've never won in Moraga. Well then, time and, to and change Spokane. That. Time to change that. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Led off by men's basketball, who overlooked San Diego and won 82-70, led by Nick Emery. Last go around, they want to have him for the West Coast Conference Tournament. As Emery tees up another one, and he has come out on fire here tonight. 26 points, in fact, for Nick Emery. Hit his first five three-pointers, played good defense. The Cougars host 22nd-ranked St. Mary's on Saturday, 10 Eastern on ESPN2, BYU Radio, and the BYU Radio app.
Vancouver scored in double digits for the women's team as they beat San Diego 65-47. The ladies play at St. Mary's, as mentioned, tomorrow for Eastern on BYU Radio. Just a game back of the Zags now in league, who visit Provo next Saturday on BYU TV. Third-ranked BYU men's volleyball hosting UC San Diego tonight at the Smithfield House. Nine Eastern live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Cougars 40-0 and all-time against UC San Diego. I'm pretty sure that's perfect. I'm not quite sure, though. 40-0! and 0. Assistant coach Jalen Reyes will join us coming up in the next segment. The Batcats open the season today. Baseball team at number 21, Georgia Tech. At 4 Eastern in Hotlanta, Maverick Buffo will get the start on the mound for the Cougars. BYU plays Kennesaw State tomorrow, so good luck to the Batcats. Let's see if they can start the season 18-1 and like last year. No pressure. Yeah, <laughs> that was what? unbelievable. That was wild. When you do that in baseball, it's just it's so difficult that's to nuts. do that. A sport that's so delicate with so many yeah. nuances. It's not going to happen again. Very and impressive. And it's totally okay. Just beat Georgia Tech. Yeah. Beat Georgia that'd Tech. Be, that'd be a solid yeah, beat win. Kansas. All right. Fridays are always fun because we have a double dip of going for two. Can you predict the future? Mostly. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Here we go. Reviewing last night's game for BYU and San Diego. My going for two picks. Number one, I said BYU will win by 17-plus. They got up by 18 in the first half, and I thought, okay, this is where this is where good teams kind of put the pedal to the metal and, and they crush an opponent's hopes, right? They got San Diego back into the game. And that actually helped Jerem. We'll get to that in just a moment. So I was wrong. BYU won by 12. Never worried about Price the outcome wrong, of the game. Spencer. But they did not win by 17+. plus. Secondly, I said San Diego will shoot 38% or less from the field. Well, heck no. No. They, they got on a tear in the first half. They were shooting 50% at the break. It came well down in the second half, but still shot 42%. I was 0 for 2. BYU wins by 12. The question is, did Jerem get anything right so that he could take a lead in this head-to-head series? So annoyed right now. <laughs> why First are you annoyed? one, BYU will lead by nine or less at half. Yeah, Again, you, why are you annoyed? Because my lead should be two and it's oh, only please. one. BYU led by seven, 45-38. Thank you, Brett Bailey and Neubauer. Number two, this is the one that, oh, this is the one that irks me. BYU will win by 14-plus. Really? Thank you, David Nixon. BYU won by 12. There was a moment at the end. BYU's up 14. Brett Bailey misses two free throws. Yeah, you got bailed out by it's Brett Bailey. It's a 14 ball game. He misses two free throws. BYU's up 14. I'm going to get it, okay? Stephen Bale has the ball. 30 seconds left. Then Stephen Bale turns it over! And San Diego dunks the ball in its slow. And I was laughing right in your ear the entire time. <laughs> So Brett Bailey bails you out, but then Brett Bailey is the one to deliver the punishing blow with that dunk. BYU wins As much as I'd like to focus on Brett Bailey, I'm going to focus on my homie, Stephen Bale. Oh, I love Stephen Bale, but you you killed me on that one. You know what's crazy? I take the lead by one. What's crazy about that is... I should be up by two. I said 17 plus, and you said 14 plus, so you had a three-point... Window, yes. 14, 15, and or 16. it was right there. It, it was in play. Unbelievably, that was in play ah! and taken away at the last moment. <sighs> I, was, I wasn't angry in the moment. I was just in shock like, what? what? You missed two free throws? What? The updated they standings have Jerem one up on me in this going for two showdown. 
He's 33 and 39 overall. I am 32 and 40. So, with that in mind, we make our going for two picks for the St. Mary's BYU game tomorrow. Number one, I believe St. Mary's will lead at the half by six points or less. Competitive back and forth, but St. Mary's will have a lead by six points or less at the break. In the second half, as has been the case for BYU much of this year, especially on their home floor, they play better. And I think BYU will win. My second going for two pick, I'm calling a BYU victory, only given a 31% chance according to Ken Pomeroy, and 31% of BYU Sports Nation apparently feel like the edge will be for BYU in the Marriott Center. I think the Cougars will knock off the 22nd-ranked Gales. Those are my going for two picks. Jeremy, what do you have? Number one, Mika Orlando will have four-plus fouls in the game. I think one of those guys will be in foul trouble, okay? So one of them will have at least four fouls. Wow. Okay. Re- really? Number two, the lone pick uh, three will re- score 42 really? plus. Okay. Re- Jerem. St. Mary's is a tremendous defensive game. The lone pick three will combine for 42 plus. J- Jerem. What's up? Take, take a risk of some sort here. Okay. 42 plus? Wait, did, in the first game? Did what, what are the lone pick three average? Eric Mika. 27. St. Mary's is top 20 in defense. On their They're home really floor, Jerem. BYU's on their home floor. You don't think. Of course you think they can score 42 they plus. Lost rank Why don't you go 47 plus? Can you give them their season average no, on their home floor? No. Because they're playing a better how defensive many did they team. Score, how many did they score at St. Mary's, the lone pick three? I it was know. way what? over 42. It was. It was. What, yes, what? Eric Meek. I think had twenty eight himself. Yeah, <laughs> that is weak. We. Why didn't you bring that up before the show when we discussed it? Why are you jumping oh me on the air? Oh my goodness! What in the world? Because is it's that? better when I sideswipe you on the air, man. Oh, okay. I want you to back it up in the moment. How many did the Lone Peak Landale. score at at St. Mary's? Let's see. 28 plus 9, 37 plus Haas, 44. Oh, they scored. Yeah, they had average. more than 40 on the road. Crazy. On the road Crazy. against a good St. Mary's defense. Yeah. 42 plus at home, weak. You can have, oh my gosh, I'm just going to give that one to you for free. Here you go, Jerem. Free point. There's uh, a free space right there. Really feel. That's a free Jeez. space. Free space. Jerem's going to be at least 34 and whatever he is. He'll get one and oh. have that one free. Struck a chord. Mika four plus fouls. That's not much better. Take your back. Pathetic. You a herniated Pathetic. Disc? Wow. Some of my St. Mary's angst is coming out in this. Directed at somebody else. Yes. Jeez. You up next. Jalen Reyes of BYU Volleyball in the house. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our Friday rebroadcast tonight on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. In fact, we have a daily rebroadcast weeknights at that time. Do it! Number three men's volleyball plays UC San Diego tonight, 9 Eastern time. That's a different team than BYU basketball play last night. So it's UC San Diego as opposed to the University of San Diego. Okay, Same city, though, you know? Discovered by the Germans. 9 Eastern time tonight, BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Where does your disdain or dislike of St. Mary's rank in your BYU sports rivalry hierarchy at Toshalin19 tweets in second place right after Utah. She's a basketball fan, that's why. The Dell of a Dagger still haunts my nightmares. Oh man. If it hunts your nightmares, it's not just in there. It hunts it's not the just nightmares. A nightmare. So wow, it's the worst that of the is worst. Double whammy. That's pretty, right there. That was pretty bad, right? Can you imagine losing to Gonzaga on a buzzer beater? You know what's haunting my nightmares? Nate Austin prevented that. The West Coast Conference officials. 
because they will also guarantee you another going for two point. That Jock Landale or Eric Meek will have four plus fouls. You can thank your homies, the West Coast have, Conference. They're officials. not my homies. They're the opposite. That of might homies. happen with twelve minutes left in the game. <laughs> Did against Gonzaga for Landale. He had four fouls. Like, yeah, this is what I'm ago. saying. Yeah. Oh. They have to commit said fouls. Oh, really? Don't or the or out. the officials just have to see somebody breathe on someone and blow the whistle. Yeah. Well, they do give tickets for one mile an hour over. I believe it was Lamont Quibble. Smith, the San Diego coach last night, that when uh, Neubauer came out for San Diego, he looked at him and said, I told you if you breathe on him, they're going to call a foul. Talking about Mika. <laughs> Joining us now in Studio B, Jalen Reyes, where there is uh, more acceptable contact in volleyball, it would seem, uh, than in West Coast Conference basketball at yeah. this point. So let's talk about volleyball. Jalen, welcome back to Studio B, man. Thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? Fantastic. Uh, the assistant coach extraordinaire, Jalen, with us. Uh, let's start with this. From the first match of the season to now February 17th, where do you feel like BYU men's volleyball has improved the most? Um, I think maybe not just at the start of the season, maybe even going back to last season, I would say our serving. I think our serving's gotten a lot better. And you know, you know, if someone just look at a stat sheet and you'd be like, well, you guys are still missing around the same amount of serves you guys did last year. I think we're everyone's serving the ball and putting more pressure on the serves that we do serve in. So I think that's where we've made our biggest stride throughout the year. And you're number one in the league now in aces. Last year it was a struggle. You guys were like 10th, 11th, or 12th there for mm-hmm. a while. And I know you guys have put a lot of time into that. And... The fans might just see, oh, an ace or not, right? Mm-hmm. There, but there are varying degrees of pressure. Will you describe that? For sure. So um, last year, you know, we had a hard time of when we served the ball in, you know, other teams passed it well. And in men's volleyball, if you pass the ball perfect, it's really, really hard to play defense against that. So this year, the balls that we are either not serving an ace or making an error, um, team setters tend to be setting the ball from off the net now, which makes it easier on our blockers and makes it easier to play floor defense against um, setters that are setting the ball out of system versus in system, which is on the net. Hey, interesting mentality as BYU Volleyball gets set to host UC San Diego, a team that the Cougars have never lost to, 40-0. and That was our stat of the I was day. kind of hoping you didn't bring that up. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how, You're on the coaching staff. No pressure. BYU's never lost ever to this team. <laughs> how do you prepare your team for an opponent like this when you have had such a dominant record against them? Um, you know, I think, you know, one, this year, um, we kind of talked about this when we played USC last, uh, last week. Um, there's a lot of teams that maybe are toward the bottoms, but if you look at their wins, they're actually, like, against good teams. You know, like, to, for an example, USC last week, um, you know, last week, I think before our match, they were like two and six in conference. But their two wins were against Irvine, who we lost to, and Long Beach, who's tied uh, for first place with us. And they just beat Stanford last night, who was one game behind us before last night. So, you know, everyone can beat anybody. And I think the guys understand that. We have enough guys who've played enough volleyball where they understand if you don't show up to play, um, you can lose. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing for us. What's practice like this week when you're preparing for an opponent like that that you want to respect, and you're, yet you're probably trying to get the guys to go, okay, listen, you need to take them seriously, and here's why. Um, I think a lot of it is this week we, we, um, we, we mixed lineups a bunch. So, you know, sometimes some weeks we'll do more starters versus our second team. But this week we mixed because it's like, you know, I guess we try to keep the guys on edge to, you know, 
who's going to play, who doesn't. So, you know, maybe some some of those second teamers, they don't really know if they're going to play or not. And the first teamers, you know, they're first teamers. So they're kind of used to going. What do you think of the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation volleyball as a whole right now? Because there is a ton of parity, as you just pointed out. In fact, UC San Diego beat USC, who beat UC Irvine, who beat Long Beach State. Who beat UCLA. So the transitive properties, uh, UC San Diego is pretty good by that. Nobody is safe, but Stanford lost last night. UCLA is slipping a bit. What do you think of the entire federation right now? Um, I think, one, this year there's – there's a lot a lot of teams are banged up. A lot of injuries happen. UCLA has kind of caught the injury bug a little bit. Um, you know, we have it a little bit. There's other teams that have, you know, have gotten banged up. So I think that helps teams that are maybe not the same quality. Um, and I think a lot of it is, you know, teams fall into the fact of what we just talked about. You know, if you overlook somebody, you could get beat. You know, I'm not saying UCLA overlooked Northridge, but they play Long Beach tomorrow. Were they looking ahead to Long Beach? You know, um, saying... Northridge goes and beats SC. They play. They beat UCLA, but then they lose to San Diego. You know, so it's one of those things where if you overlook a team, you could lose in a hurry. You know, who reminds you of you on this team? You played libero here, four-year starter. Who reminds you of you? Who reminds me of me? It could be attitude too, just your yeah. energy level. Not not just you know muscle mass. <laughs> I would say Will. I think me and Will, Will, Will Stanley, Will Stanley, our backup brother setter. of Clay Stanley, three-time Olympian. Yes, I think Will. Um, I think a little bit just because we're from Hawaii, so we kind of have this like laid-back feel to us. Until we like are brought into any type of competition, then it suddenly it gets personal, and you do anything you want to do to win. So <laughs> I think Will Will probably mirrors me the most. I would say. Hmm. Jalen Ray is assistant coach for BYU Men's Volleyball with us in Studio B. The Cougars hosting UC San Diego tonight and Saturday. Both matches live on BYU TV. I'm going to try and fire up a laid-back guy here, Jerem. Okay? So, on UC San Diego weekend. Yes. So when I say the words Ohio State Men's Volleyball, what goes through your mind, Jalen? As you snicker. Um, <laughs> it's a very good team. And I just remember the serving parade they had against us in the finals. It was, I just remember in the third set, you know, it was the first couple of sets were disappointing because how they went. And then the third set, the gates opened up for them. And it, I was, even I was like, wow, like this is a show they're putting on serving wise, you know. And I would say all the other stats, um, you know, besides serving and passing, you know, we were better or, you know, at the same level as them, but. You know, volleyball is all about serving and passing. And if you serve like that and you pass like that, I would say, you know, 99 out of 100 times you're going to win. Maybe that prompted the resurgence of uh, the serving emphasis for BYU. For sure. I think, um, you know, I, the cool thing about men's volleyball is, and I, I, don't, I can't compare this to other sports, but whenever we go on recruiting trips together, because it's so close-knit, um, we always talk about, like, what we do with our teams, you know? And uh, the two things I took from talking with UCLA and Ohio State was how they practice serving, how much they practice serving, and the mindset they did. Did they care about missing or making? Did they care about this? Did they care about our guys hitting the ball hard and tough? You know, so we kind of took a little bit of from what they did, from what UCLA did. I would say last last year those two teams by far were the two best serving teams in the conference. I mean, in the country, not the conference. Um, so we kind of took a little bit of them and we kind of changed our approach a little bit. So we kind of merged what we did, what Ohio State did, and what UCLA did. And, um, you know, I guess we could say that, you know, um, because men's volleyball is so small, um, 
we interact all the time just at recruiting tournaments. We coach on the same coaching staff. In fact, I coach a team with one of the UCLA assistants over the summer. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to actually kind of take and blend what other schools do that are, that are really successful. We try to you know, merge into our program a little bit too. Well, the merging looks good, my friend. Keep it up. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it rolling. Jalen Reyes with us. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks, guys. See you tonight. Up next sure. on BYU Sports Nation, a Cougar whip around to get you set for a very busy weekend, including a look at Cougars in the PGA. They're playing right now. Daniel Summers has a new haircut. Is that going to help him win a tournament? No, it has nothing to do with it.